you for joining us today here at Victory. At Victory Church, we are a community of authentic, spirit-led Christ followers transformed to walk in victory. Join us as we begin today's message. I was thinking this morning, uh, actually I was thinking right there, so I'll just repeat it to you. What if this was the last day that you got to hear a message? Well, if this is the last day, I got to preach a message. And I knew that for, without a doubt. And that was a fact. Would you listen to the message closer? Or would the person preaching the message preach it as if it was their last? And if you know Christ, that last message would be interesting when you stepped into his arms. But if you don't know Christ, that's not the message you'll receive. That's not the arms you will be brought into. But that message applies to me as well. If this is my last time to ever preach because I don't make it home, what will I do different? How would I say something different? So I didn't think about that. This is not part of the message. It's just something that came to mind sitting there. Um, we're going to talk about the healing of the nobleman's son. John chapter 4, verses 43 through 54. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, you'll turn to John chapter 4, verses 43 through 54, or you'll be able to look on the screen. We could title this Faith in Christ, but it is certainly a well-known story within the Gospel of John. Um, it comes right after the Samaritan woman. So there's a flow in the message of John. It's evangelism. All through the Gospel of John, it's about Christ, who Christ is, and what he does, and why he came. John chapter 4, verses 43 begins, Now, after two days, he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. Then when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went unto the feast. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum, when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and he besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoke to him. And he went his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour which he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which the son said unto him, until Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believeth, and his whole house. 
This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. Let us pray together. Father, we open our hearts and our minds to your spirit this morning. We ask that you open our hearts to see something we've never seen before. We ask you to give us revelation knowledge, to speak to our hearts, to open our minds, so that we can be transformed by your word today. You promise in your word that your word, when spoken and preached, does not return void. We stand upon that promise and that expectation that you will speak to us today. Hide me behind your cross. Speak to them through me. Open our hearts and our minds to what we can do today as if this is the last day. The last day that we hear your gospel preached. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Once again, I said the title with the message would be Faith in Christ. I want to tell you that the nobleman is a great example of faith in Christ. First of all, we want to talk about the creation of that faith that the nobleman had. If you look at verse 47 there in the scripture I read, when he heard that Jesus. For your faith to be created, you must have heard of Jesus Christ. You must have heard of who he is and what he does and what he's going to do. You must hear him before you can believe him, before your faith can be changed. This man had heard of him. We don't know how he heard of him. It was by word of mouth. He may have heard of his great ability to heal. We certainly know that he must have believed that he could heal because he had traveled a distance to come and ask him to heal his son that the scripture says was at the very point of death. And when you look at the Bible in Romans chapter 10 verses 14, we look at hearing in Romans 10, 14 and verses 17. The Bible says in 14, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him and who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Today I am that preacher and I'm telling you, you need to hear, you need to listen. That Jesus Christ is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And He's come to save your life. He came to save my life. He came to save the whole world's life. And He was heard of. And you must hear the gospel to believe. It's not something that you pick up. It's not a story. It's not a fable. It must be heard. And today I claim to you that Jesus Christ is your Lord and He is your Savior. And He has come to save your life. In verse 17 it says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. Today you are hearing. Your faith is generated by hearing the very words that are written in this book. And it says in the beginning, that Jesus was the Word. He was the Word of God incarnate. He was the flesh. And the very words of who He is are here on this page. And as I speak these words, they change your heart. They change your life if you're open to them. 
If you're not open to them, then you're fighting against the Spirit of God. You're fighting against God in your life. But this man, the nobleman, he came because he had heard. He came because he was desperate. He had a child that was dying. If you knew that your child was dying today, would you go to Christ? Would you find Christ? I say you will if you love your children. And this is how important it was to the man. He did the last thing he knew he wanted to do. He had to go find the way to have his son saved. He also, when we develop our faith, we have to come to Christ. We not only have heard of him, we must come to him. Also in verse 47 there, it says, And he came to Christ. It's a deliberate choice. Not only did he hear about Christ, he came to Christ. Jesus tells us, for all you that are heavy laden, that he will give you rest if you come to him. This man needed rest. He needed something to help him. He wanted Christ for a reason. All the problems that must be in this room, in your life, I can't imagine. When you get to know somebody a little better, you go, oh my God, I didn't know that was going on. How do they deal with that? This man came to Christ because he had a huge, huge problem. His son was dying. And he wanted to save him. Do you have children that are dying? And I don't mean the physical death. Do you have children that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Do you have spouses? Do you have parents? Do you have brothers? Do you have sisters? Do you have friends that don't know Jesus Christ? Come unto Christ. And listen to Christ. And ask of Christ. It's a deliberate choice to come to Christ. Christ tells us in Luke, He says, You must pick up your cross and follow me daily. You must deny yourself. We have an easy believism now. You accept Christ with a couple words and then you go back to what you were doing. No, that's false profession. It's a deliberate choice to follow Jesus. It is not an easy path. Nor will it ever be an easy path, but it's a path well worth it. We also have to strive when we come to Christ. In Matthew it says, Christ told us, Strive to enter into the gate, because that gate is very, very narrow. And many will attempt to come in, but only a few will. What does that tell us? that there's effort on your part to come to Christ. There's a commitment in your life to come to Christ. It's just not something you say and do in a church attendance. It is a lifestyle that you must come to Christ. You must come to Him in faith and you must believe the very words. When He asked, He besought Him. He asked, Save my child. He's at the point of death. The man was desperate. You must ask Christ to receive your sins, to cleanse you. You must ask Christ to forgive you of your sins. You must be 
sincere. You must beseech Him. You must cry out. You must mean it. You must believe it. The nobleman had no problem because he came to Christ that day to save his son, but little did he know that his life would also be changed in his whole family. This nobleman had a conviction. In verse 50, he came with a purpose. He knew that he was coming. There was obedience to the word. Jesus told him and said, Go, your son has been healed. What if he hadn't returned? What if he'd stopped to ask questions of Christ? What if he had said, well, let me ask you this question. How are you going to heal him? Or uh, will, will he walk again? Or how are you going to do this? No, the man just got up and he left and he went back. There's obedience to the word. For James in chapter 2 verses 26 says this, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. It's easy to say, I have faith in Christ, but your life is not changed at all. You're not obedient to the words. You don't follow the precepts of Christ. Your life is not changed at all. But that conviction that that man had, the belief that when Jesus spoke the word, that his son would be healed, that he left and returned. There's also dependence on the Lord. He totally depended that what Jesus had told him, without a shadow of a doubt, was true. Verse 53 there of John chapter 4. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. He knew when he asked the servants, When did my son get better? He knew it was exactly at the same time hour that Jesus spoke to him but look at the true miracle here many believe the miracle the true miracle is the healing of the son it is a miracle but the true miracle that can be missed in this it says after he said thy son liveth he himself believeth and his whole house the whole family was saved. And that boy of his that had the fever that was dying, we can, it implies that not only was that child healed physically, he was healed spiritually. The servants were healed. Everybody in the whole house became believers in Jesus Christ. I read this yesterday. I assume it's a true story. In the University of California at Berkeley Library, they had built a new library and they had the old library. So they were moving a lot of the old books and stuff from the library and then they had a place in the back in the warehouse where some books and have never been placed in the library. There was a box in the very back in this old building and in the box they opened it up and the title of the booklet was called 
how to rid termites from your house. And it was how you did that. But interesting, in the box, there were already termites eating away for some time at the very book that's supposed to tell you how to get rid of these varmints. Is that our faith? Is this book sitting collecting dust on tables all through America as an antique piece, as something to show your neighbors that you're a believer? Are the termites eating it? Is it just a book? Or is it the Word of God that tells you how to be saved from a place called hell? Are we reading this book or are we allowing the termites to eat it? That would be a question about dependence on the Lord because it is so important. So few of us read the Word of God. We can't tell anybody one scripture and yet we're supposed to lead others to Christ. And then we wonder why our lives are not our example in the mirror of Jesus Christ and why we don't affect other people's lives. Don't allow the tournament. Depend on the Lord for everything you do, just like this man did that day. Romans 1:17 says the just live by faith. Just means that you are justified, that you are righteous before God, that He has cleansed you from all sin. And to be justified by God, you must live by faith. Most of you have never seen Jesus Christ in the flesh, I guarantee it. But yet, you are more blessed than these men and women that saw Him. Because the Scripture says you are more blessed. And it takes a great deal more faith. Faith that comes from God to believe. Just like this man went away that day and did not, according to the Scriptures, ask how, when, or why. He just did as he was told. He depended on the Lord, and a miracle, a physical miracle happened to his child. But a miracle happened in his heart. A miracle happened in his family's heart. There's a confession of the nobleman's faith. There's a confession to God. Let's look at Romans again. Chapter 10, verses 9 and verse 13. 10, 9 says, If thou shalt confess with the mouth, your mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This man made a confession. His confession was when he left, when he was told what he was supposed to do, and he left. And then he asked his servants, when was the boy healed? It said, and he believed and his whole house. Confession of our mouth before God, that we are sinners and that we need to repent and that we cannot save ourselves is part of the plan of salvation. If you remember that day, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you were convicted. 
I can remember that day I was convicted from years of alcohol, drug, and substance abuse. And I remember saying, I can't do it anymore. I give up. I can't do it, Lord. If you're real, take the disease, take the affliction, take the desire, take my sin away from me. And I put a book up and walked away. And I've never been the same again. That was a confession to God that is necessary for your salvation. A confession and a belief in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. There's also a confession to men. Matthew chapter 10, 32 says this, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him I will confess also before my Father which is in heaven. If I confess me before men, in other words, if you're not ashamed of what has happened in your life, he will not be ashamed of you before the Father in heaven. The opposite of that would be if you're ashamed to confess publicly before men and women that you know Christ, Jesus will also be ashamed of confessing you before the Father God in heaven. Think about that. That's important to think about. That's why we have invitations at the end of preaching. If for someone to stand before others and confess, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. And in faith I'm coming to Christ because His Word says if I do, that I will be saved. And my works, if you want to call it that, is my public profession of my faith before men of what has just happened in my life and what I want to do. What has God said to you today? Perhaps you just need to pray for a son and daughter that's physically ill. Maybe you just need to pray for someone's in your family's soul. But more importantly, maybe you need to accept Christ. Maybe you need to give your life to Christ. Our example is this nobleman. And many times when this is preached, this is a preaching of healing. And there was a healing. But the healing was really the salvation of the souls. The nobleman had a creation of his faith. He heard, he came, and he asked. He had a conviction. He was obedient. He depended on the Lord. And finally, he confessed the Lord. And he confessed before men. Visualize a third-story building and there's a great fire going on. And you're at the top of that third-story building. And it's engulfed in flames and smoke. And at the very bottom... 
There's a strong, muscular man, very big, very athletic looking. And he says, jump, hurry, you're going to die, jump. You're just about as afraid to jump because you don't know if this man can hold you up as you are the flames behind you. But you have a choice. To die in the burning building or to jump. And trust that big, strong man at the end that he can catch you and save you and save your life. It's really no different today. You have a choice to jump into the big, strong man's arms or get burned up in the fire. You may not know that strong man real well. He may be new to you. But I can assure you, his promises tell us he'll catch you. And there's no harm that will come to you. As the worship team comes forward,